Hallelujah. Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter. The reading of God's word. Minister to me. If you know the words, take my life. Take my life and use it, transform it. Do a work with me. We're having communion this morning upon completion of the sermon in a couple of hours. Deuteronomy 8, verse 2. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way to the, to the desert these 40 years to humble you and test you. Okay? The devil tempts you. God will test you. To test you in order to know what was in your heart. To see if you were made out of water or steel, right? We had a saying in Spanish when we were out in the world. It said, es de agua el guy. The guy's made out of water. He, 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 a lot of talk. Uh, but he's made out of water. Well, God tests to see if we're made out of water or else if we're the real McCoy. Whether or not you would keep his commands. The first word there in verse 2 is remember. Remember. Father, I pray that you would just allow us to remember in the gift of memory the tool and power and the weapon of memory would come to our Lord God and to mind here, Lord God, the forefront of our mind and we would leave here utilizing the power of memory in a greater capacity as we partake of communion, doing that in remembrance of you, of what you did for us. I ask this all in Jesus' name. Make us better Christians thereby. And everybody together said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The title of my sermon, and I don't know if I've used this title before, but I'm going to use it again if I have. I don't think so. But uh, since I quote this so much, I would have thought that maybe I've used it in the sermon before. Maybe Ray will remind me. But the title of my sermon is The Sun Rises, The Sun Sets. And you finish the poem. Oh, how easy one forgets. You know, there's a, a poem that anybody should know, written by a great, I don't even know the word, poet? But he was a poet and didn't know it, huh? Uh, and I, I wrote that poem, and I've mentioned it before. I, I used to write a lot of poetry when I was in jail, prison, in the street, all that stuff, even as a Christian. I've written some songs and different things. But that's a poem I wrote. I was watching my wife work. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning in Pastor Sonny's office, and she just kept working, and I had to sit there and wait for her. And so it was like nighttime, and so I just thought of it. The sun rises, the sun sets. Oh, how easy one forgets. I never, I forgot to finish a poem. Put it that way. I forgot to finish a poem. But that has been the most widely used poem in, in, in my ministry. Uh, just by forgetting to finish. That was, that was the poem right there. The sun rises, the sun sets. Oh, how easy one forgets. That's deep. You know, the reason being is because what I'm talking about is in the course of one day, as the sun rises and when the sun goes down 12 hours, we can forget so much. It's easy to forget. Uh, and that's what I'm going to be talking about here today. I'm going to be dealing with a, a word that is a very, very powerful force. And if you were listening, you heard it in my, my prayer already. It's a word called memory. Okay? Memory. There's a, a song that, spiritual, a spiritual song that says, Oh, when I think about what he done for me. Uh, maybe we'll finish, maybe we'll have communion with that song. Uh, I know Renee could throw a few steps with that one. Huh? Oh, when I think about. Because we take a trip down memory lane. Uh, and that's what the song causes us to use that very potent force called memory. Oh, when I think about. 
See, memory is not boxed in or it's not limited by either time or space. Did you hear me? It's not limited. It's not boxed in. Uh, it doesn't have to bow down to time. Uh, it's not a slave to space. The gift and the power of memory. Uh, see, memory is a very, very, not only powerful force, but it's a very fast force. Very fast. It can go f- from 40 years or from 4,000 miles in nothing flat. I know. I can go back to when I was nine years old like that. Uh, that's how fast memory can be. Uh, can also, I can be in Manila and I can be thinking about you. Hallelujah. Because you're hard to forget. It's a great church. I like this church, you know. And I can be over wherever I had to. I'm just thinking about you people. Uh, that's how fast memory can carry us. Matter of fact, memory is not even, you know, uh, 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 boxed in by death. It's even stronger than death. Memory. Uh, it's, 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 you know, in Luke 16, you don't got to turn to it, but it talks there about a rich, a rich man who had died. And then he went to, to hell. Well, a, a, a beggar that he knew, Lazarus, went to Abraham's bosom. And in, in Luke 16, it talks about there that, you know, it says that this rich man's memory was still very much alive. The Bible says that he left his fine purple clothes behind. He left his mansion or his palace behind. He left his five brothers behind, the Bible says. But he took with him his memory. He left all these things behind. But see, it's even stronger than death. That's how powerful memory is. And we need to understand that. Uh, I was talking about, and I preached about it the other day, the worm that never dies, Aniva. Right? It's the worm that never dies. It's, it's not going to die. It's stronger than death. Memory. And we've mentioned before that people that, you know, backslide, or people that, that are in hell, it's going to be that worm's going to be reminding them, man, I could have got saved. I could have given my life to God that morning. I could have, before I, I could have, this thing could have happened. Uh, but it's the worm that never dies. It's a powerful force called memory. Okay? See, we will always be able to remember. Are you, are you with me? We'll always be able to remember, either here or in the afterlife. Memory is very powerful. It can haunt us or it can bless us. And we're going to find that out here this morning. See, the mind is a very, very powerful thing. Scientists, scientists say this. They say that what you see and what you hear, you remember everything if you wanted to. It records everything. Scientists say that. All right. Matter of fact, and it is biblical. You ever heard about, especially in the book of Revelations, and Daniel talks about the judgment seat of Christ or the judgment day, the great white throne judgment. Then it talks about judgment day. Uh, the great white throne judgment is us, those of us that are Christians. We're going to receive our blessings and our rewards. Judgment day is for those that weren't Christians. But it says, the books will be opened. Now, scientists say, we remember everything that we saw or heard. Theologians say, the books that are going to be opened in the book of Revelations is going to be your memory. Because you didn't forget it. And it says that every evil deed that you ever did, or even good thing, is going to become before you. Uh, I mean, people say that when, when people have been rescued from dying, from swimming and stuff, they say that my whole life passed before me. That's judgment. That's your judgment day. See? So memory is very, very powerful. Uh, where everything has been recorded uh, it, it, that we've ever done. The key thing is how we use this very powerful force called memory. How you use it, that's the key. Okay, you can forget or you can remember. 
Now, we can either use it for the good memory or we can allow it to be used for the bad or for the evil. Are you with me? Uh, it's up to us how we use it. Memory. Oh, oh let me just mention by the fact. The sermon here today is a little, little deep. It's simple, real simple. But it can get a little bit like, ooh, where's he coming from? So you got to stay in the car this morning, okay? Well, it's a bus. But don't get off. All right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run red lights. You got to stay with me. Very, very important sermon today before we get into communion. See, memory, when it's used correctly and rightly, it can play the part of a guardian angel. It can really help us out. It can be there with us and, and, you know, and, and used to assist us. It can help us and it can, it can protect us. Or it can even put us back on the right road when we veer. When we get up from the prodigal son, what did he do? He came back because he remembered. So memory can be used to keep you on the course or get you back on course. Very, very powerful force. Whenever we tend to falter, it can bring us back. But when we misuse memory, it can turn, my friend, that, that angel, that guardian angel into a little devil. It's up to us how we're going to listen to that memory or we're going to turn it off. See, some of the best qualities and some of our best attributes in our lives, like memory, can either be used for our good or for our bad. Are you with me? Remember, remember, I'm telling you, memory can either be used for the good or for the bad. Just like another powerful force called courage. Courage can be used to turn the world upside down and right side up. You get a courageous person to get saved. Ooh, look out. He's not afraid to get in 747s and leave the driving to the pilot. Uh, and go halfway around the world and do what he's got to do for God. He's not afraid to go into, you know, South Garden when they've been shooting and get right in the corner and pray. Down fire from heaven, knowing what he's doing. See, courage can be a great word, just like memory. It can be a very powerful force. But also, courage can be a very detrimental force. Yeah. Ask any drug addict. I ain't afraid of the needle, Holmes. Uh, I know almost everybody was afraid of the needle. Uh, yeah, but then all of a sudden, you know, whoa. Uh, that's what courage can do. You ever seen those guys ain't afraid of nothing? They don't give a no liase. That's terrible. That's terrible. But see how courage can be used for the good? To turn the world right side up and, and make, the, make a difference in their world? That's why sometimes when drug addicts get saved, they can, like Pastor Sonny, and they can cruise and all that. You, some of you, you God can use it because you're so courageous. But then also it can be used for some dumb stuff. So what? I don't care. You big courageous fool. That's really what it all amounts to. Because courage, and the memory is the same way. It can be used for the good, or it can be used foolishly for the wrong. Are you with me? Uh, memory can and often does carry with it the very same power and potency as courage. Again, memory is a very, very powerful force. In the Bible, in the book of Proverbs, the Bible says, as a man thinketh or remembereth, in his heart so he is. See, whatever you think, whatever you remember, that's what you're going to be. Memory is so powerful. Thus, my friend, how and what we remember is so important. Thus, it is no small wonder that God continually is asking of us, remember. Peter, you read First and Second Peter, he's always saying, I bring this to your remembrance, brother. Brother, remember, remember. Uh, use your memory. See, to use our memory, we've got to use it for the good. 
The book of which we open up, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. That book of Deuteronomy, when you read it from cover to cover, it talks a lot about remember, remember. It talks about being a parent and how you have to bring all these things to remembrance to your children. Let your children remember this. Let them not forget. Put it in the tables, you know, put it in front of them. Put, put it in, front, in the back of them. Put it inside of them. Remember, remember, remember. Uh, matter of fact, there in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, that's because God is always talking to us and telling us, Children! Remember, because the sun rises, the sun sets. Oh, how easy one forgets. God wrote that poem way before me. Uh, and he put it in the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, that's what it says in Deuteronomy 8, 2 that we read. Remember, even the feasts and the celebrations that we had, that they had in the Old Testament, the, the, the feast of the tabernacles, the, the feast of the Passover, of what Jesus was eating in the Last Supper. They're, they're, they're uh, feasts and times of celebration for us to Remember. I want us to remember, remember when God brought us out, when, when, when you know, the, the angel of the Lord went by and passed over the house that had the, the blood over it. That had happened thousands of years before, but we had to do it again. Because you got to remember, i got to come to church again. Why? you got to remember God. Uh, I mean, you miss one Sunday, you miss, and the memory starts to wane. All of a sudden, those good memories start coming of the, that were so-called good. I remember what I said before, those oldies but goodies. See, the devil will give you a good time. But God will give you, come on, boy. God will give you the best time. It's up to you, your choice, what you want. So those bad memories start coming back and messing with us. But even Christ, when he was eating the Passover feast, the Bible says there, the Last Supper, you know what it really was? He says, I substitute my body, my blood. He says, take this body which is broken for you. Take this cup of my blood, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. See, Jesus was trying to get us to remember as well. Even the most honored and, 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 and revered service that the church celebrates, communion, is all about memory. It's all about remembering. But why? Why if scientifically we, we, we can withhold everything, okay, what if the scientists say that? And they're right. Now, why, if scientifically we can remember everything, why does God always tell us to remember? Well, God ain't into scientifical stuff. He's into practical stuff. And practically, we forget a lot. Let's be practical here. Let's not be scientific. Let's, let's leave that for the, you know, H2O people and all that stuff. Hypothesis of the platypus and all that stuff, you know? Leave that to scientists. Let's bring it down to where we live. Uh... I mean, isn't it so easy to forget? Uh, practically, we forget so much, so much, so much, so much. How many of you married men ever forgotten your wife's birthday? You singles, you start practicing now. Uh, aye, aye, aye. Uh, how about the anniversary? My wife tells a story about our, our first anniversary. Ten minutes to nine. She was cool. She was cool. She was cool. She was cool. Uh, I know she'll tell the same story because I remember it. I remember. Because <laughs> women have a way of making you remember afterwards. The afterlife. You know what? I mean, the after effect. I mean, the, you know, afterwards. <laughs> they want to make sure. Ten minutes to nine, she says, did you forget what day this was? Oh, no. Tuesday. I have a choice of seven. I was right. I hit it. You know? <laughs> she goes, well... Today's May the 8th. Oh, oh. 
May, I said, that sounds familiar. May, may, may. He said, come what may, you know. I think that's where I got that saying, come what may. May will come down on the calendar. It'll come through your wife. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I said, oh, maybe. I said, ah, honey, I'm out of here. I am not kidding you. I drove to, oh, my God, to Glen fast. June, to, Glen, to Glendale. And I made it fast. And I found this one thing. And I said, I'll take it. Uh, I just barely made it just before closing. Because uh, we forget. You ever forgot your daughter's birthday? Ah, tomorrow's her birthday. Hallelujah. Ah, Valentina. Uh, but hey, we have a tendency to forget. Yes, I forgot my daughter's birthday one time. Ah. Man, why do they have to preach on money so much? You ever forget to tithe? Yeah, I got you good. Huh? Well, a lot of us forget to tithe. We, oh my God. Huh. See, the sun rises, the sun sets. Uh, you ever forget that Mondays are. Victory Outreach Hayward's fast days? Uh, I mean, Sundays are so, you know, draining for me. And now I get up in the morning on Monday and I go, you know, my heart's not beating, my stomach is. Don't, 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 uh, feed me. Trust me, on Mondays, those of you that belong to Victory Outreach Hayward, you're going to get eat hard. Uh, there's going to be uh, the, the burrito monster. <sighs> breakfast burritos you know because we forget these things heavy tendencies how about to come to celebrate the house of God warming you can forget that ah we can even forget God so many of us you know it's easy to forget God at times see again since the power of memory is so very vital and so very important since it can cause either so much good or so much bad we need to sometimes you know or oftentimes be reminded of so many things. We need to be reminded of these, these things. There is so much practical good in utilizing our memory. And sometimes we need to be pushed to remember. That's what the Bible is always reminding us. We got to be pushed to remember. Brother, don't forget this. Remember that. Uh, have you ever needed a, a certain thing? Then you remember that you have one someplace else. Uh, but you can't remember where it's at. So you got to pay to buy that certain thing because you needed it. Then you paid for it and you got it. Then you remember, oh my God, then you look over here, there it is. Uh, and then your husband will be on you, see, I put out $500. I paid five cents for that thing. Get all mad. Had to spend a nickel more. Uh, if you only would have remembered, I forgot where it was. Uh, see, that's, in other words, what I'm trying to tell you is, when you forget, you got to pay a cost, price. You forget, you got to pay something. Uh, you got to remember. If you have a good memory, you say, oh yeah, I know where it is. And that saved you some money. It could save you a lot of money because you remember where the thing was. See, that's why often, and oftentimes, to forget is to lose. Listen to me what I'm telling you. To forget is to lose. Because you weren't able to use your memory correctly, you lose out. You miss out. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever read or seen the movie or the book, Pilgrim's Progress. We used to have it every year. Some of you that have been with me a long time, you remember that. For about five years straight, I had it every year, Pilgrim's Progress. We would do it yearly. I think we have to do it again here. We got the facilities. It's a good movie. It's about Pilgrim who starts off his Christian journey. And it's really, it's, it's, a, it's allegoric. It's beautiful, beautiful story. One of the greatest Christian stories ever told. Talks about Pilgrim, Kenny, all the things that he's got to go through. But he's, he, he does this one thing, Okay. 
On his journey, Pilgrim stops at a park. And the park is called Forgetful Green. It's a park called Forgetful Green. And he goes on. Pilgrim says, he says, I believe. He says, okay. He says, this is probably the most dangerous spot on the road to my destination. Okay, which is Mount Zion. He goes on and says, this is probably the most dangerous stop. The most dangerous spot on my journey. From Christianity to heaven. What was the place? Forgetful green. There's a reason for that. See, the guy that wrote Pilgrim's Progress, John Bunyan, he knew about the power of memory and how it can be very powerful, very useful, but very evil and very terrible as well. I have a sermon that I preach recently. I preached it many years ago, but I preached it again recently. It's called God with the Wind. It's a sermon on how to get to hell, how to backslide. And that is God with the Wind. In other words, turn God off, turn God off, turn God off, turn God off all the time. God with the wind. Not gone with the wind. God is gone with the wind. Because the minute you start thinking about him, you turn him off. Uh, you want to leave the home? Just turn God off. Uh, just mess with your memory. And you can leave. You're gone. Uh, I've told you many times about the first street meeting in Dakota. Remember that? I just recently told you about it again here. How when we went there to Dakota, there was about five, six, seven of us. And me and the pastor from Phoenix, Arizona. And Dakota wasn't ready for us. They, to, to them, it was same old, same old. Or same old, lame old, hallelujah. Ah, kicking back, he was, yeah, bro, what's happening, man? Yeah, you know, everybody, you know, all kinds of guys. Uh, and then we came in. Uh, angel at 12 o'clock. Uh, they weren't ready for it. We knew that. I've been in hundreds of street meetings before this, these. So I knew what I was doing. So I pull in, and they don't even notice us. Uh, and so we come, we, we get off, and we have a bullhorn. And what are our famous words? What do we say? Dakota. We're here to make you think about God. Amazing grace. Oh my God, some of them have been to the church in Iceland before. Some of them have gone to the Catholic Church or Lady of the Rosary. Some of them have been, oh my God, God. See, my friend, what we did is we tapped into their memory. We came in to make them think, memory about God. See, any neighborhood or any person that's not utilizing the memory of God is in danger. When we came to Dakota 18 years ago, and in Hayward, they were in danger, in big danger, because they wouldn't think about God. See, anybody that turns God off is in danger. Anybody that doesn't think about God is in danger. Uh, why do you think it never gets mad when we have prison ministries? Uh, because the guys want to walk like this and act bad, and they, they don't want... Bible stuff in there because they realize the danger they're in. Uh, memory is such a very powerful force. The Bible says in Proverbs, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. In other words, he said in his heart, he's remembered, there's no God. He turns God off. This man was a fool because, you know, he would do all that he could to, to get rid of the memory of God. This fool doomed himself by the wrong use of memory. I've told you, you can use it for the good, or you can use it for the bad. But we can bless ourselves through our right use of memory. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Okay, let me give you four quick, and with these I'm going to close, rewards or benefits of memory. Number one, four quick rewards or benefits of memory. The right and the correct way of using memory. Number one is gratitude, Okay. When you use memory in the correct way, the right way, 
You cultivate a heart of gratitude. The right use of memory makes the heart grow grateful. Oh, when I think about. Uh, I mean, you, you, you think that I, I don't want to be dancing to be dancing? I don't like to dance. Uh, I wasn't a dancer in the world. I had four left feet. But sometimes God lets me use my courage. And I'm sorry, but I, if you don't like your pastor, there's going to be 50 dancing. But when I think about, I don't know about you, but when I think about, ooh, shalala, santo. Why do you think that touched me when Joe was playing? I mean, I got touched because memory, I got started thinking. Oh, what he's done for me. It cultivates gratitude. See, to be thankless is to be joyless. But see, jumping all up and down for. Well, if you had my mind. Ah, I think I'm a better dancer now. Uh, God really helped me. Uh, I think the Holy Ghost said, oh, I can't dance with a partner like that. I got to give him some steps, you know. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Let's go on. Let's get... <laughs> see, it's actually a sign of maturity and growing up. It's a word called appreciation. Babies don't appreciate. See, it's a sign of maturity. I can remember the first time Stephanie told me, Dad, I love you. I said, my gosh, she's growing up. She was, I said, my God. And she met her. I go, my God, she loves me. I'm glad I had her. <laughs> ah, it just, because that's a sign of maturity. You're thanking. Babies don't care. <laughs> They'll cry in church. <laughs> They don't care if Louis the Usher or Walter's looking down. They don't care. I don't care about that big mustache. Ah! That's immaturity. Uh, Cry babies. Uh. See, to remember is to be grateful. Thinking produces thanking. Uh. See, people, when we don't thank, then we believe that everything we have came from our hands. Uh, That I did this. I did that. Uh, me and Donald Trump. Uh, he's got another thing coming. See, that produces conceit. You're conceited. I did this. I did that. I did it my way. Uh, Frank Sinatra knows now. I'll tell you that. See, we can easily forget who gave us all that we have. We can easily forget, my friend, those who helped us get to where we are. That's why I say, I don't believe God raises up great pastors. I believe he raises up great congregations. Uh, those that helped us get to... If, I mean, we couldn't have, I couldn't have been an elder. I couldn't have done none of this stuff if it wasn't for you. Uh, thus, my friend, by not remembering and thus by forgetting, we have no one to thank but ourselves. That produces conceit. Oh, I thank me. I'm going to give me a award. Uh, secondly, it not only produces gratefulness. Secondly, remembering helps us to get rid of fear. Those of you that are going through things right now, Remember. Remember, remember. See, remembering brings on faith. Remembering helps fight fear. It helps fight, fight fretfulness. It helps fight worrying. It can bring on confidence and courage like nobody's business. Did you hear me? Remembering can bring on confidence. It can bring on courage like nobody's business. In the Bible, as a matter of fact, turn to it. Luke 16. I want you to see this. Luke 16. It talks about Jesus feeding the multitudes there. Uh, but the disciples have forgotten that he'd fed thousands before that. Luke 16, 
beginning in verse 5. Let me see. Oh, man. No, but it's not there. But it's Luke 16. Beginning in verse 19. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple. Hmm. Nope. It's Matthew 15. Oh, Lord, let it be Matthew 15. 16. Excuse me, Matthew 16. There we go. There it is. I remembered. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bailed me out. <laughs> the memory is a very powerful force. You know, it all turned me off. I went and remembered. Oh, thank you, Jesus. What an illustration. <laughs> Let's go on. Matthew 16, beginning in verse 5. Uh, I forgot my glasses. <laughs> oh, my God. See what happens? When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot. Oh, I like that. To take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They discussed this among themselves and said, it is because we didn't bring any bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, you of little what? Why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? That has to do with the mind, remembering. Don't you what? Remember the five loaves and the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000? And how many baskets you gathered? How is it you don't understand or remember that I was not talking to you about bread? In other words, are you forgetting the miracles I did for you when I fed the 3,000, the 4,000, the 5? Come on! Don't forget what I have done for you. Just remember. Ah, See, to forget is to fear. Myself, man, I... I mean, a lot of times I can get all, man, the pressures of ministry can get to somebody. But then I just remember, you know what, God? You came through last year. You came through last week. You came through 18 years ago. You came, oh, when I think about that brings on courage. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Forever. So you use memory of what he did for you in the past. Man, now God was with me then, and I know he's going to be with me now. Devil. I can take it. Oh, man. Been there, done that, and I'll do it again. Oh, I can do all things through Christ. Those of you that are going through the valleys right now in difficult times, go visit your past. Go to your yesterday. Remember I told you, memory's fast. Get there now. Get there quick when God came through for you like nobody else's business. Ah. Oh, then remembering also, thirdly, can bring on repentance. In the book of Ephesians, excuse me, in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, talking to the church in Ephesus, God tells them, remember your first love. Remember when I first touched you. Remember, uh, repent, and return. That's what he talks about in Ephesians 2. Remember, repent, and then return. Memory brought the prodigal son back. I mentioned that earlier. That's what it did. He remembered, there he was in, in the pigsty. 
Then he begins to remember, oh, I had it better in my father's house, man. I liked it better over there. So he humbled himself and he got back and he came to himself and he got to where he had to be. Uh, the, rem- the prodigal remembered that he had it better at his father's house. Then fourthly, and with this I close lastly, memory is a great preventative. Yes, it'll bring you back when you find yourself in the pigsty in Egypt, the den of thieves. You remember, man, I, I remember when I was in the home. I remember when I was going to church. I remember when I was right with God. There's no better feeling in all the world than to be right with God. Pastor Steve's always saying that, and I believe that, and I'm getting to get back home. See, so memory can be great for repentance, but, but even better than that can be a great preventative. Uh, and we need to understand that. The book of Ecclesiastes, in that book, the preacher says, Solomon, he talks to the youth, and he gives them some great advice. He says, remember now. Uh, remember now. Now, in the days of your youth. That's what he's saying. Uh, this verse is a verse of preventiveness. Being preventive ahead of time. Uh, not hindsight, but foresight. In other words, yes, it's great to see the prodigal return home. But it's much, 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 much greater for the prodigal never to have gone to the pigsty. Preventative. You don't got to go to the world, young people. You don't got to go out there and have to remember and get back someday. No, remember now in your youth. The God of your youth. Ah, remember your creator. That's what Proverbs says in the days of your youth. See, the best use of memory is that what, keep, is that what keeps us out of the pigsty. Did you hear me? That's the best use of memory. Ah, oh, remember now, right now. What he's doing for me. What he's going to do for me. I don't have to be like this. I don't have to go like that. I can get married to somebody and, man, I can do all these things. Listen, I had to spend about 10, 11, 12 years out in the world of terribleness. And look what God's done with me. What I'm trying to tell you is God can do more for you if you never go back out there and waste 10, 12, 15, 20 years of your life. You can do more for God and be blessed more than me. Ah, remembering. See, the word remember here is the very same uh, 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 you know, it's used in the same context as Romans 6.11 says reckon. Remember I've talked about reckon? Reckon means to remember. Uh, and that's what it's meaning here. In the book of Proverbs, remember now in your youth thy creator. Uh, that's what the Proverbs, the Solomon is saying. But Paul says that in Romans 6.11 says reckon yourselves dead to sin. In other words, remember now. Remember now. Reckon means to rehearse. Remember that? I've taught some of you, some of you haven't been taught this, and you need to be taught before I, before I close. Reckon means to rehearse. Remember, we ha- remember how we have the play shotgun? They didn't just get up there and do a great job, <laughs> hundreds and thousands of souls get saved. They had to what? Rehearse, practice, reckon. They had to go through the part, go over through the part. That's what Paul is saying. Reckon yourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ. Because you've got to remember, you've got to think of yourself dead. In other words, when you go to school, and now you brush your teeth. And now you have nice clothes. And now because of what your parents did, getting saved and being born again. And now because now you're able to walk with, you know, cool water on your face. Uh, you're able to walk with fubu, baby, on your chest. Uh, you're able to wear some lugs. On your feet and on your 
even practice it, you know, the Christian walk that you can barely get away with, you know. Because God has blessed me, Pastor. See, that's why I walk like this. God has blessed me. Blessed the Lord. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, 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 the queen of the homecoming looks at you. He's so cool, water. I don't know if he's a Christian, but man, he is bad. Ooh. You know, because I hear the pastor says he's the second best looking guy in his church. That must be the first. That's him. Ooh. See, you got to practice what you're going to do when the devil hits you. You know that we have a youth group on Wednesdays that you can come to and God can bless you. You cannot just be homecoming queen of the high school. God can really bless you. You can be Bethany Bible College's queen. Yeah, heck a ride. You know. Yeah, right. You know. You got to rehearse. You got to reckon. Remember what you're going to do when the devil hits you. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. The sun rises. The sun sets. Oh, how easy one forgets. You got to rehearse what you're going to do. It can be a great preventative. It can bring you to repentance. It can get rid of fear, memory. Then also, it cultivates a heart of gratitude, memory. Remember. Remember who brought you out. Was the opening verse in Deuteronomy 8 2. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart. You got to remember. Don't forget. Don't forget to remember. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, Spirit of God, moving to ministry. Before we take communion, I want to pray for those of you right there where you're at, right there where you're at. You say, Brother Steve, this sermon was for me. I want to do communion. I want to do it in remembrance of God and what He's done for me. But I, I need to admit that I've been forgetting. I've been letting it slip for what God's done for me and how He's touched me. I haven't been as grateful as I should. I, I've been having fears in my life and that's not right. And I need to repent. And I, I need to prevent myself from doing ignorant things, foolish things. If that's you and you want me to pray for you here this morning, I'm going to ask you quickly to stand to your feet right there where you're at. I'm not going to have you come to the altar this morning. I'm going to pray for you right there where you're at. We're going to make the altar call. We're going to turn the sanctuary into an altar. God, minister to your life. You want me to pray for you? I'm going to ask you to stand right there where you're, to your feet right there where you're at. We're going to pray. Anybody else? This is my last call before we pray. You say, the sermon was right up my freeway. I want you to pray for me, Brother Steve, before we close, before we take communion. I'm going to ask you quickly to stand to your feet right there where you're at. Anyone else? This is my last call that we're going to pray. Anybody else? God, minister to your life. Anyone else? I'm going to wait a little bit longer. Because I believe there could be somebody else. Someone more. And again, the reason I do this is because I remember when God had mercy on my soul. And I remember the preacher waiting and waiting. And he waited. And I was the last one to raise my hand. I was the last one to stand. I remember 
That's why I always prolong my altar calls. Because there could be somebody else that's fighting the same battle I fought, that battle of pride. And God went out 26 years ago. Anyone else? This is my last call that we're going to pray. You haven't stood up yet, but you want to do so now. You want to stand and let me pray for you. God, minister to your life through this sermon. This is my last call. You need to quickly stand that we're going to pray. Those of you that are standing, I'm going to ask you to bow your head. I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me.